Toyota's 2JZ has been one of the key products or key engines in the sport compact market and as time has gone by people particularly drag racing this engine have been making more and more power upwards of two and a half thousand horsepower but at some point the factory block says no more. The strength of the factory block obviously has limitations and in the last decade we've seen a lot of drag racers move towards the billet alloy block but that also comes with its own set of pros and cons. We're here with Mike from Race Winning Brands to talk about Dart's brand new, just announced cast block for the 2JZ. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures and presented it in podcast format for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. So for a start, it's probably worth mentioning that at the time of this recording, it's not quite ready for release is that we, we can't actually buy one of these. Yep, correct. But it is coming. Yep, we're in pre-production right now. Tooling and castings are going through. And then Q, uh, Q3, Q4 of 2023 is when we should be able to start shipping product. Okay, let's start by talking about the weaknesses or problems with the factory cast 2JZ block. What was the impetus behind this particular product? Yeah, so uh, there's many failures on a factory block, depending on the power level. Anywhere from deck cracking to crankcase cracking, main saddles pulling out. So we kind of took all that and just benchmarked where we seen failures and then basically worked from our model there and just tried to improve them as we step, step by step by step. One of the big things with the 2JZ at a certain power level, you see, arguable as to what that power level specifically is, but let's say around 900 horsepower, the factory cast caps tend to fail. So, of course, the aftermarket's come to the rescue there. There's a number of companies making billet caps already. How have you dealt with this with your new cast block? Yeah, so the main area on ours, we went from a traditional, how the OEM block is a two-bolt main, and we've actually changed the main structure around to fit a four-bolt cap in with a 12-millimeter and a 10-millimeter main stud. And that allows us to just that much more clamping force on that main area and spread that load for the larger power adder, larger cylinder pressures. It's safe to assume you're also using a, a billet cap as part of this? Yes, sir. Okay. In terms of other weak points on the 2JZ block, deck surface, deck surface thickness, bore thickness, what, where are the other problems? Yep. So we've seen a lot of cracking through the deck, and that usually comes from over-torquing the heads. To combat that, we added deck thickness. Factory blocks are around 200 to 300, depending on the casting and the core shift, where ours is set at 750 thousandths. And that allows us to have a lower clamping force on the sleeve and keep that deck surface as true as flat as possible. So essentially this is going to help with head sealing at higher boost pressures? Very much so. All right, in terms of the other changes that you've made, one of the significant ones which I noticed was the underside of the bores have been essentially notched for want of a better term. Can you explain uh, what that's all about? Why have you done that? Yep, so we uh, will offer a service on the finished block to machine rod clearance and we have that modeled and done for 94 millimeter with aluminum rod so that allows us to basically give out a prep block to the customer where they don't have to do any additional machining cost savings time savings it's all done we've already laid it out laid it out and machined it for you just making the uh, engine builder's job a little bit easier at the end of the day yep very much so 
In terms of the accessories that bolt onto these engines, safe to assume that uh, all of the external bolt patterns, etc., are designed to take all of the factory bolt-on parts, engine mounts, external accessories, etc.? Yep, so all the uh, factory mounts are in the same location, uh, water pump, oil pump, everything, oil pan, anything that you would factory that you would pull the engine out and service and change the block on, everything bolts right back up into it. Do you want to take your car knowledge game to the next level? Join us in the next free lesson at hpacademy.com slash free and start developing your own skills today. In terms of power handling, obviously you haven't got this running out in the wild just now, but given the design parameters, what you've got in there, where would you sort of see the upper limits in terms of power for this particular block? Yeah, so basically, you know, we kind of set a threshold where we wanted when we went to the engineering side of it, we're looking, you know, the 2500 range. And that's a great bridge between what you can do with the factory block and then having the need to be in 3000 plus horsepower billet block. In terms of options as well, for me, this seems like it would be ideal for a street driven car or maybe a, a road race application, particularly because it, it obviously still incorporates water jackets. And that's not to say billet blocks, billet alloy blocks also have the option to be dry for drag racing or, or wet. But but, uh, I mean, it seems to be a, a perfect solution. Is that sort of where you've designed this block to, to be used? Yep, definitely. And uh, a lot of like the drag race side of it, a lot of classes restrict you have to use an iron block. So this just fits, you know, right now the only current iron block available is an OEM that you do a bunch of work to, you know, get it to the point where you can run high horsepower levels where this will just be a good bridge and replacement for that. Now, can you give us any indication of, of where this is going to be in terms of price point when it does hit the market? Yeah, so we're looking uh, target land uh, retail is around 4500 and that puts you a little bit over what you would have rolled into doing all these features on a factory block, but the availability and the strength added, you know, I think that's a good point to the extra dollar spent. Is this also a, an aspect where Toyota may or are running out of stock? I mean, I know for some of these older engines now, it can be increasingly difficult to source new blocks, or is that still not an issue with the 2J? Yeah, so I mean, the 2J being such a global platform for so long, there's still a good amount of cores out there, but there's still a lot of not good cores. I mean, Toyota does still offer availability. To, sometimes they run those blocks, but you have to buy them as a factory short block, and then you throw away half the components of rods, pistons, so a bunch of waste there in right. terms of so parts you don't need. money that you're still going to have to put that added money back into the block. So by the time it's all said and done, you're probably over the cost of what this block would be. Now, the, another term I wanted to dig into a little bit, you, you mentioned core shift. Now, we hear that term in reference to a cast block, but what does it mean? And how is the aftermarket block different in terms of core shift or what you can expect compared to a factory OE block? Yeah, so core shaft is caused by the core, water core, sand cores that are used when they cast. Depending on gases and how the, the material is pulled in, they could float around and change position slightly, and that would, is what dictates on your, your finish, finish wall thickness. The way we cast blocks is quite different in aspects of how we pin and, and capture our sand cores to try to combat any, any movement during pouring. Okay, so basically more consistency in terms of wall thickness, you're going to get exactly what you expect every time compared to an OE block. Yep. All right, at what point does the alloy billet block make sense? And, and is it now sort of two and a half thousand horsepower and above, that's the only reason you'd go alloy? Or are there some other benefits and, and sort of downsides that you need to factor into your choice there as well? Yeah, so you know, to aluminum billet block, there is, you know, benefits in the ability to be able to, repair it against a cast iron. So if you throw a rod out of the side of the block, 
a cast iron, you, there's no way to repair it. Where a billet, you can weld the piece in and you remachine it and move on. I mean, you also just have, you know, material strength. A billet, aluminum, takes heat, heat better, twisting and things like that and fracturing. So it, depending on the horsepower and the RPM and, you know, where you're at is kind of the threshold of when do I need a billet block? And 2,500 to 3,000 seems to be that next step where that's where you, you would want to step up to. Yeah, perfect. All right, look, it'll be great to see what those in the market, in the 2JZ market, do once this block uh, actually hits showroom floors. But great to learn a little bit more about it. And thanks for your time. If people want to find out more about dart blocks and, and follow this one in particular, how are they best to do so? Yep, so you can visit us on our social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, or our website at uh, dartheads.com. Perfect, thanks for your time. Appreciate it, thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to leave a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on. It goes a long way to help us getting the word out there. All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe. It's a one-stop shop when it comes to going faster, stopping quicker, and cornering better.